Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. Hi, I'm Mike Judge, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. <laughs> Welcome to the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame induction ceremony, honoring those who have made an indelible impact on the world of classic alternative music. And now, your hosts, Uncle Greg and Brett Vargo. Here we all are once again. It's the Only Three Lads podcast where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Yeah. It's me, Uncle Greg. We have the Rocktologist, Brett Vargo. Big show. It's me. Feeling festive. Feeling festive. Very, today. very festive. It's our second annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And uh I think this is gonna be a big one. Yeah, I think it will too. You know, they said it would never last, and yet here we are for our second annual after our inaugural. We got that Thank sorted you. out last year. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Induction ceremony for the holiest of classic alternative music shrines. Yeah, that's very true. Now, see, the, what, what Brett's talking about is like one of my pet peeves in life is when someone says the first annual. Yes. There's no such thing as a first annual. It's the inaugural. So if somebody says it's the first annual run because it's dumb, they don't know what they're talking about, period. End of story. I made that mistake last year. Never again. <laughs> And then Uncle Greg's psychosis came out and is like better just to go along with them than Ooh. to deal with them. I get it. I saw the uh, the nasty side of you that time. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's like that, that's like St. Valentine's Day. It was always St. Valentine's Day. You know, St. Valentine's Day massacre. Right. St. Valentine's Day. Then one day, I don't know if it was Hallmark or some other some bitches who said, let's take out the saint and just call it Valentine's Day. Why? You didn't want to spend the extra st period for ink or what i mean what's the deal why who changes that and why do we let them get away with it why well plus patrick i think was feeling a little short changed you know i'm really the only saint that should matter well maybe but that's like if we just call it patrick's day yeah and then everyone named pat would go out and get drunk right and, or we get drunk in their honor but it's not right it's just not right no yeah. All right. Let's keep going. What about like, cause like Haley's Comet became Holly's Comet. Remember that back in the nineties mm -hmm. and then sexual uh, harassment became sexual harassment. You know, it's like, who changes these words? Where in our society do people get together and go, we're going to change this and we're going to make everyone think that they were wrong and we're right. I mean, who, who does this? And we just all, okay, we're like a bunch of like lemmings. Oh, let me, okay. Let me get in line. Hey, okay. If you say so, I just want to get along in life. Uh. Not me. I'm I am like the sandpaper on your taint in life. I want to go against the grain. Again, my father taught me if too many people like it, it probably sucks. That's my ethos. Well, I'm having to come to grips with the fact that language is evolving. It does. Syntax is evolving. I'm very much old school. Like I'm still the guy that puts two spaces after a period. Me too. I like to uh, use proper sentence structure, not end my sentences with prepositions, etc. But I'm finding now, mostly through my son in linguistics, that this is all changing and it's perfectly acceptable, but I'm resistant. 
Yes, being an, a, a former journalist, we would always, every year, the AP would change the way how you would word things. And it just seems like there's a committee of people who just kind of maybe at your work, they have meetings just to have meetings so that they can talk about having their meeting sure. type of thing. And then they just change things so that they can be relevant or maybe earn their salary or at least feel like they earn it. I don't know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, we don't have to go along with it. That's my whole thing. Uh, uh-uh. This is rock and roll, man. We are going to do what we want to do. If people don't like it, that's cool. You don't have to. There's no law that says you have to like what I do or like what I think or like what I say. But you know what? Tough. Tough. How's that? Tough. <laughs> Blow it out your ass. How's that? Speaking of not liking things, before we get into our Hall of Fame, and we'll talk about the inductees from last year and how we're going to add to our wonderful institution this year, which doesn't you know really exist except for in our minds and on this podcast. Oh, it exists. It exists. Yes. It exists. But the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, so this year, the inductees were Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, okay. Missy mm-hmm. Elliott, George yeah. Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, and The Spinners. For you, is that a hit or a miss? You know, years ago, it used to bother me because it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's really just a music hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, let's take a look. Really, the, the, the rock stars of today are the rappers. They are the ones who are breaking toilets, impregnating cats and, you know, getting arrested. And that's fun. I mean, that really is. I mean, it's not me, but from a distance, it's always fun to watch. I thought that cat looked like Puff Daddy. Yeah, a little bit. But I'm just saying, like, so it used to bother me and I used to, you know, harp on it. It's just the Music Hall of Fame now. And if if in any way somebody made someone feel better or saved someone's life through their music or if they said something important, I'm done fighting over Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just call it the Music Hall of Fame. There are a lot of people, I think, who should be in there who are not. And the past couple of years, bands like Kiss and Rush and those finally got in, which should have been in a long time ago. But it's just a museum and they want people to come and spend. I wonder how much it is to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. I've never been. I've never been either. I've never been. Well, I've been through Ohio. I went to Youngstown. Maybe I drove through Cleveland. I just remember it being ugly. And but I'm sure the underbelly is so beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, when when your rivers going through your city catch on fire, maybe that's a place I'd like to visit. I don't know. I don't think I'd go swimming, but, you know, what the hell? Maybe yeah. I'll visit. I believe that Kate Bush was worthy. Cheryl Crow, I'm going to say she doesn't belong in any Hall of Fame. Sorry. Just saying. I, I understand Cheryl Crow. I remember meeting her like when, right, when Tuesday Night Music Club yeah. came out. She's super pretty, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, her music is pleasant enough, but that's yeah, it. Did it change things? Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't think so. From what I remember in 1994, when that album came out for Sheryl Crow, there was talk about, you know, they made this album, didn't know what to do with it because it wasn't pop. It wasn't country. Let's try and see if alternative radio will do anything with it. And then, of course, all those hit songs. And then, you know, she was, I don't know. Yeah. I saw her open up for Crowded House on that tour, you know, yet somehow Crowded House aren't in the Hall of Fame, but, you know, good for Show Crow, whatever. Yeah, well, I saw her one time at Mesa Amphitheater, and this was at the time, it kind of like the whole stage looked like a living room, and she had her dog, and I remember seeing the dog. The dog would walk around the concert venue like it's a person, and the dog had a backstage pass on its collar Mm. and would just walk back. It was like a person. The dog was, it was a lab. (laughs) It was like, so maybe, so I do support her getting in, to the Hall of Fame just for that. 
I would like her dog to get into the Hall of Fame then. Yeah, I'm sure that dog has passed away now. This was probably the late 90s from what I remember. But it was it was super cool. And that dog and then I remember In memoriam, Sparky. Yeah, I I don't know what the dog's name was, but it was I I thought that was cool. And then, um, you know, Willie Nelson, kind of like Dolly Parton last year. It's like kind of country. But if you're looking at somebody who's had a legacy and impact on music. So, again, Music Hall of Fame. Maybe I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as country stars are concerned, Willie's as worthy as any because he kind of probably along with Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard did the whole outlaw country thing very well, which was very rock and roll in attitude, if not in sound. But some of his uh, 70s albums were fantastic, like the stuff he uh, recorded for Atlantic, uh, Shotgun Willie, The Troublemaker. Well, I think The Troublemaker is Columbia, but uh, Phases and Stages. So there, there's some good Willie out there. I like Willie. Well, just think of what he's done for pot. I mean, really, for the pot movement, um, I th- if there's a pot Hall of Fame, I'm sure he'll be in there for that. Oh, too. I'm sure. He's probably the first inductee. I've been looking up uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame general admission. What a pain in the ass to figure out how much tickets are. You have Rock Hall members, City of Cleveland residents, Museum for All, purchase for Museum of All tickets, which costs a dollar, but it takes some sort of proof, and then reciprocal museum admission. Mm. So I have no idea how the hell you choose. Like, how do you buy a ticket to get into the GD Hall of Fame? I mean, it's like, gosh, darn. Think the only rock and roll way is to sneak in. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's something we have to try. I'm sure that there's no way, though. They, they will write you in all caps if mm. you try and do that ever again. You'll be banned. <laughs> so it looks like youth from 20, 25 bucks for kids 6 to 12. Um, adults, 35 bucks. But it depends on the day and time. So they have flex. Flex uh, looks like Surge flex pricing. It's like Disneyland pricing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now to talk about the hall that you really want exactly so last year we inducted 10 artists in ramones depeche mode pixies nirvana duran duran the replacements buzzcocks joy division the smiths and david bowie i would say that is a worthy inaugural class it was thank you thank you i wonder how many will uh will induct this year i wonder if we'll have crossovers I think we will. I think we will, too. And the good news is, is that you all are on the voting panel. Post on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, or drop us an email at only 3 gmail.com. And maybe we'll add an artist or two to supplement our list if we can get uh, somebody with a substantial number of votes. Yeah, let's do it. This is important stuff. Yes. And the community gets a vote, too. So if there's one that does get a lot of votes, we'll stick them in, too. But yeah. I think there will be crossover this year. because. Each time we do this, which is, this is the only second time, the people we have to leave off is heartbreaking. At least it for is. me, I was like, oh, well, okay, but I, I, I can't, I can't just pick those five. I, that's like number six yep. or number seven, but they should still be in there. But that's like the real rock and roll hall of fame. They will be in time. Just wait till yes. like 2030. Yeah. You know, maybe next year we'll pick, I don't know, the weekend will be in our hall of fame. Mm. You know, that's what the, you uh-huh. know, if we're going to really follow the the path of the rock and roll hall of fame. We have to get the weekend, maybe Bruno Mars in there. Who else could we get it? Oh, maybe um, Walla Voodoo could be mm, in before some of these yeah. other names. What do you say, Brett? You know, I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See it in your eyes. I would have one of those like all caps posters out front saying Stan Ridgeway, your band. Stan Ridgeway. I don't know. I don't 
don't know why. It's Mexican radio. If Mexican radio had never been created, I would probably have a totally different opinion of Stan Ridgway. Well, you might not even know him if it wasn't for yeah, Mexican that's a good radio. Point. You know, that's a good point. It's just early MTV. They only had so much, you know, because again, it was like in Europe and London, they had the video music show. So that's why, you know, when the second wave of English, you know, the English invasion was because they had all the videos and then everyone had to catch up. Right. Yep. So there you go. And then Devo, that's how they got so because Devo, they were in like art school or something, or they're art school graduates. And someone said, Hey, they need videos. So why don't you make videos for your songs? They made good videos. And so that's why we know how Devo. And they were visually striking. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were fun. You know, cause remember first it was all like, and you see a lot of this now too. It's a lot of performance, like people acting like they're playing their, you know, guitars and, or lip syncing to the debt machine, how most of the you know people do it now. So that's more performance, but it was more like movies, especially Duran Duran. Like think of new moon on Monday. That was like an Epic movie being made for three minutes for this song. I mean, like that's, they used to spend millions of dollars on these videos. Oh yeah. Now it's like a buck two ninety eight, And you know, some of them are good. Some of them aren't. Well, think of how groundbreaking something like thriller was. I mean, that was yeah. a little mini movie. Sure. Sure. What do we have now? Like what's probably equivalent to that now? Nothing. I can't think of one video. Let's take Taylor Swift, for example. She kind of does that as well. She does those little like mini movie videos. Um, like I know she did one for uh, uh, Antihero last year. That was kind of funny. Mm. Well, there was one I know with Clint Eastwood's son in it. And she mm. was, you know, falling in love. I was like, they're in love or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't watch it too long. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Should we induct now? Let's do it. Oh, all right. This this all feels very formal and official and whatnot. Yes. Let's straighten our ties. All right. <clears throat> yes. I wore my best bow tie today. You do look very snazzy. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm wearing my finest O'Neill t-shirt and a... Uh, <laughs> pair of cargo shorts that my wife will not let me go out of the house in and why is that i think she thinks that uh, cargo shorts just reek of dad dress style dad well you are dad number one number two the utility of those shorts she doesn't have to bring her purse you can carry her i mean like what are you she talking about i agree but they are made by chanel well there you go (laughs) i'm wearing gucci (laughs) you're wearing gucci cargo pants Uh, all right you want to kick it off Let's do it. I'll kick it off. All right. right. So the first band I'm inducting into the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame achieved little commercial success, but continue to be one of the most influential bands in rock, alternative, and just music in general. Lou Reed, Sterling Morrison, John Cale, Moe Tucker, and Nico. Velvet Underground's last album, Squeeze, released in 1973. I realize that's out of the O3L era, but who cares? They reformed at times, and they're too important not to be in the O3L Hall of Fame. So my first inductee, no order this week for me. This is just the way I wrote them up. Velvet Underground is my first inductee into the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame in 2023. And he Essential 
to the music we talk about here. Funny, though, that you only mentioned the album Squeeze. Well, there was other ones, but I'm just saying the last one was 1973. Squeeze, of course, was the album that Doug Yule of the latter-day Velvet Underground basically did on his own without Lou Reed, John Cale, Sterling Morris, and Mo Tucker, etc. And is, is not regarded as being a very good album. I think it's actually a fine album, but it's not a Velvet Underground album in anything but name. All right. Well, the first one, 1967, The Velvet Underground and Nico. Right. Then you had White Light, White Heat in 68, The Velvet Underground, 1969. And then Lou Reed left before Loaded in 1970. And then who knows, some dude who probably had a few, you know, leftover sessions squeezed out squeeze. Yep. How's that? Yep. There you go. All right. All right. Excellent. Okay, well, I snubbed him last year in a shocker, but I'm going to lead by inducting the songwriter who stands head and shoulders above the rest for me. Born Declan Patrick McManus, Elvis Costello emerged in the late 70s armed with a distinctive voice, razor-sharp lyrics, cunning terms of phrase, and a bold fusion of styles. Those who pegged him early in his career as a punk or a new wave geek weren't even scratching the surface of the depth of his talent and songwriting mastery. From the gritty intensity of songs like Radio Radio and Pump It Up to observant pop like Oliver's Army and Veronica, love or out of love ballads like Allison and Almost Blue, Elvis has penned many timeless classics that transcend generation and genre. Every album is a journey that rarely treads the same ground twice, whether it be an exploration of classic soul idioms on Get Happy, flirting with Beatlesque psychedelia on Imperial Bedroom, Country on Almost Blue, Americana on King of America, you get the picture. He's extraordinary enough to have collaborated with the likes of Paul McCartney and Burt Bacharach, performed with a diverse group of musicians from Elvis Presley's band, Alan Toussaint, Tony Bennett, The Roots, George Jones. He's produced The Specials and Squeeze, all while never compromising his own artistic vision or integrity. You say you have no secrets. He's authentic, his work balances biting wit, emotional depth, and a classic songbook-worthy grasp of melody and song structure. His records have certainly soundtracked many hours of my life, and I wouldn't want it any other way. So it is with great pleasure and honor that I welcome to the O3L Hall of Fame, Elvis Costello. Not a shocker. Good pick. Not a shocker. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering when he was going to make his appearance on. Well, your it would list be today. the second inaugural. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not a thing. No, it's not. All right. But okay. Well, my next inductee had four top ten hits, but we know most of their songs. Shake it up. You might think. Drive. And Tonight She Comes were the chart toppers. But we also know Good Times Roll, Just What I Needed, Bye Bye Love, You're All I Got Tonight, Moving in Stereo, Let's Go, Dangerous Type, Touch and Go, Hello Again, Magic, Best Friends Girl, Just What I Needed. Of course, we're talking about The Cars, one of my favorite bands since I was a little, little children's. A little children's. uh, Just a little children's. Back when I only peed out of my little children's Mm, those were the days those were the days but this is how long i love this band i had to get him into the o3l hall of fame because uh i think that they're still very influential 
take a look at Weezer. Weezer says, you know, that they, I mean, Rick Ocasek, he's the one who, that blue album, the very first one, he was the producer. I just think that uh, the Cars, there's been nothing like them and I miss them so much. I wish new music would come out, but of course that's not happening. So I have to enjoy the old stuff and uh, I just have to put them in the Hall of Fame for me. Great choice. What a resume. You're rattling off all those songs and, you know, all of those songs are instantly recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. And produced uh, Romeo Void. Amen. Yeah. The very first album. Yeah. This is our friend Deborah. Yeah. I'm not sure if she would consider us her friend, but yeah. Uh, No, I think she had fun. Maybe. I don't know. She stayed the whole time. Let's let's just put it this way. She uh, did not respond to my follow-up email. Well, she's a busy lady. She's got a big show today or this weekend, right? Fair enough. At the Aquatic Center. This past weekend. Yes. She has a big show. Yeah, this past weekend. Yes, <laughs> this past weekend. All right. The next band I would like to induct into the O3L Hall of Fame hails from Dusseldorf, Germany. And no group standing nearly motionless in monochromatic clothes in front of keyboards has done more for classic alternative music than Kraftwerk. So it was more than 50 years ago, unbelievably, that Kraftwerk began reshaping (laughs) why do i want to do this in a fake german accent this whole thing um well do it the whole thing it was more than 50 years ago that Kraftwerk began reshaping the sonic landscape of modern electronic music as we know it i don't know if i can keep that up giving birth to synth pop trance ambient techno and just about every sub-genre you can think of in electronic music Their music has the power to immerse listeners into their world. You want the closest sonic approximation to the pulsating hypnotic drone of driving on the Autobahn? You got it. Taking a journey by train on the Trans-Europe Express? All right, coming right up. Yet within the robotic soundscapes, there's something, dare I say, very human and accessible about Kraftwerk's music and art. And as we progress further through the digital age, their music makes even more sense now. Forty-five years ago, they sounded futuristic. Now they seem prescient. It's hard to foresee a time in Kraftwerk's music will seem dated, even in the slightest. They taught generations of musicians that technology could be harnessed as a tool to create art that was as quote-unquote real as the bands who played guitars and real drums, etc. The mark they left on artists like Depeche Mode, New Order, OMD, David Bowie, Gary Newman, Aphex Twin, Africa Bambata, Bjork, and countless others is indelible, not just musically, but from the perspective that envelopes could be limitlessly pushed and boundaries could be endlessly blurred. With that, I would love to induct Kraftwerk into the O3L Hall of Fame. Yes. Great, great pick. Thank you. I'm down. Jay-Z in the audience agrees. Yes. That's all that matters. Yes, that's all that matters. 
Hi, this is Tony Valentino of the Standells, and you're listening to the only three lads on that famous radio. Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. We, we, we control our ads. Someone was asking me. I said, no, we have no control. Well, we over have that. no control over what the ads are. We just have control over when they're inserted. You can't say what we don't want in there. Like if we didn't want an ad for like, you know, marijuana. Or oh, whatever. gosh. Yeah. No, that's fine. Which obviously we do. I don't do it. But I mean, if it makes you listen to the only three lads podcast for longer, music and pot um, really go together. There's been a synergy there since the beginning, really, of rock and roll music. Uh, in the early 50s, probably even in the 40s with Cab Calloway and mm-hmm. all those guys, they were smoking the weed, the reefer, yeah, the devil's lettuce. And even back in the 1800s with Willie Nelson. Exactly. See, <laughs> it all comes full circle. All right. <laughs> all right. So it looks like we're back. Thank you to the community so much for hanging out with us during our second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame inductee ceremony. And again, my inductees, no particular order, but the next inductee is a band that is a pioneer of the American new wave genre. From 1974 to 1982, the band pumped out hits, Dreaming, Rapture, The Tide is High, Call Me, Heart of Glass, and One Way or Another. And then Blondie, of course, in 1997, got back together and had another hit with Maria in 1999, proving They were still a force to reckon with. Blondie is punk rock, new wave, disco, pop, rap, reggae. It's all good. So I'm all in in putting them into the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. Here, here. 
They almost got the nod from me this year. I'm glad you did. Yes, had to get him in there. Thank you so much. And then the last week, of course, Tony Valentino talking about his friendship. Yeah. With Clem. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we got to get them in. Friends with Clem Burke. What did he say? Uh, Blondie has a very pleasant voice. And then I said something about her very pleasant face. You did. Well played. One of the nice things about the O3L Hall of Fame is that we have a chance to induct artists that the snobs in Cleveland more than likely won't. For example, in what just world does Cheryl Crow deserve entry over the Smiths, Pixies, or replacements, of course, all of whom we inducted last year? Here's another giant that will probably never get in, possibly because of a bias against bands who are too British. And again, yes, it's a very me pick. It is the jam. Paul Weller, Bruce Foxen, and Rick Buckler burst onto the scene in 1977, full of the old urine and vinegar, combining the style of 60s mod and soul, the urgency of punk rock, and the melodic sensibility of pop. With Weller's socially observant eye, lyrical honesty, and musical power, he became the spokesman for a generation of the disenfranchised and disillusioned. Jam songs were poignant, powerful, poetic calls to action, changing the way you thought about yourself, the system that you were thrust into, and causing you to question authority and rise up against the status quo. Musically, the jam grew by leaps and bounds over amazingly less than a six-year period as a recording unit. They shed any punk pretensions and a strong My Generation era Who influence fairly early in their career, and by their third album, All Mod Cons, in 1978, they had forged a sound that was uniquely their own, albeit one that would be lifted by many bands during the mod revival craze of 1979. By the time they called quits at the end of 1982, they had fully embraced R&B, funk, and jazz, while still retaining their sonic identity and chemistry. They went out on top as cultural icons and one of the greatest bands of the era. Their legacy is nearly unblemished. Any of their albums are worth your time, Yes, including the sometimes underappreciated second album, This Is The Modern World. And their run of singles is flawless. And visually and stylistically, they dripped with a cool that may have been inspired by the 60s, but will never go out of fashion, at least with me. Not only did they inspire legions of mod revival and indie pop bands, but they were also one of the key touchstones of Brit pop going into the 90s. They're certainly one of the most important bands to me, but I wouldn't be inducting them into these hallowed halls if millions didn't agree. So let's hear it for The Jam. I could tongue kiss you right now. Oh, thank you. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. Well, I'm glad we're we're not uh, together in the same room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I mean, I do love you. I wouldn't way, force but, it on you, right. but I'm just saying, I think that's a great pick. No, Jam was thank definitely you. on a list. I made a big list of everybody who I would potentially think of. And like picking five off that list and the jam was definitely on it. Yeah. But I know you're a bigger jam fan than I am. So there we go. I'll take care of that. So, you took care of Blondie. This is perfect. No go. crossovers yet. None yet. I'm kind of shocked. But this one may be because my next inductee changed the trajectory of my life in seventh grade. I've talked about this before. The second video I ever saw on MTV, Roger Daltrey, that video, Free Me, was first. And the only reason why I remember Daltrey's video 
is because after it, The Clash came on with Rock the Casbah. The rest of my music-loving history started to be written right then. It's up to you not to be started going into the crazy section at Rolling Stone Records and started going, what's this? Why is this? You know, I remember my sister, she brought in all the crap of the day around 1981, 1982, you know. Billy Squire. Billy Squire. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, probably Foreigner and all this Ooh. other stuff. Uh, but then I went on my own and I said, wait a second. What is this? And I said, oh, my God, my life is changing. These people are saying things. It just made me feel, again, clogging the toilet, breaking furniture, impregnating cats. And The Clash does that for me. So got to have The Clash in there. It's not a real Hall of Fame until The Clash is. So took two years, but here we go. The Clash, they are in the O3L Hall of Fame. Beautiful, beautiful. And very heartfelt words, too, about impregnating cats. Yeah. That's always a crowd it. pleaser. It may be cut from the HBO version of the uh, induction special, but whatever. <laughs> never know. You never know. But <laughs> hey, I just I do want to say, I believe Brett will back me on this, that we here at the Only Three Lads do not condone sex with cats. Yes. Okay. I had to think about it for a moment, but yes. Yes. See, you can love your cat, just don't love right. your cats. Right. There's a difference, as they say. Right. It is only a uh, turn of phrase. There you go. Okay. Gotcha. Do not take it literally. That would be kind of hard, though. I think cats would fight back. Uh, yeah. And, and they claw. I know you're not totally That's, against, but yeah. Fricos would like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No. Yeah, see, now, now I'm sold. Well, I'll tell you what. I came very close to putting the clash down, and I actually decided to make a left turn. And the reason why it is a left turn is it's a band that I do enjoy, but I'm actually not an obsessive fan, mostly because they were so restlessly creative that I couldn't keep up with everything they did, and so groundbreakingly eclectic that not everything they did that I heard was in my wheelhouse. Formed in New York in 1981 around the core of guitarist Thurston Moore and Lee Ronaldo and bassist Kim Gordon, Sonic Youth redefined guitar music for the alternative generation. They approached rock and roll as if it were a blank canvas. While most stayed in the lines, Sonic Youth not only colored well outside the lines, but left all of the drop cloths with multicolored splatters too. Using a variety of alternative tunings, they used noise and dissonance to create avant-garde soundscapes that masqueraded as pop songs. And they used pop songs to subvert the notions of what art was or what was expected. They fearlessly blurred the lines between beauty and chaos, something that bands from Dinosaur Jr. to My Bloody Valentine to Radiohead to the Pixies to Nirvana took to heart. The seeds of 90s alternative rock were sown with their triumvirate of mid-80s college rock classics in Evil, Sister, and Daydream Nation. And by the time the rest of the music world caught up with those records in the 90s, they continued to outpace their peers with a series of challenging major label albums that both captured the zeitgeist of the era and still sounded like the future of rock and roll. So for their seminal, extraordinary contribution to indie rock, I am pleased to induct Sonic Youth into the O3L Hall of Fame. 
Yes, what I remember of that band, I'm like you. I know there was a lot of things that they did, couldn't keep up with them. Yeah. I once worked this with this DJ at a radio station who, like, let's say you had somebody who was really preppy, like, you know, dressed at like the preppy store, right. like Aeropostale or whatever. And then she went away for the weekend and came back on Monday looking like a bag lady. Yeah. And she was like talking about Thurston Moore. <laughs> he designed this look for me. It's like, well, I think he's messing with you because and she dressed like that for like a week it was like seriously looked like a bag lady with like a big floppy hat yeah but that's what i remember about sonic youth in the 90s and because we didn't play even alternative stations didn't play a lot of sonic youth music you had college stations that did but it was like when the alternative stations came in and became big sonic youth was not on a playlist if you heard it it might be sunday night like nine o'clock and it'd be something that was not too crazy yeah i remember like cool thing and bull in the heather getting some airplay but other than that not a heck of a lot but definitely (sighs) it's a band who you cannot refute their influence oh gosh no absolutely so that's why it's a great pick yeah i believe they deserve inclusion O3L Spotlight. You know past O3L guest Andy Strickland is the guitarist of early creation band The Loft and reformed indie giants The Chesterfields. Now the esteemed Mr. Strickland adds production credits to his resume with a new Isle of Wight punk band called George Street Kids. And to keep things simple, their first single is also called George Street Kids. And we have it right here for you. Download it now from George Street Kids, that's street spelled out, dot bandcamp.com we are the joy street kids and these are the things that we did we live under the bridge we keep us hid the joy street kids there's a bird in the tree in the corner always there when i go into town a pain in my box that's the color of the sky when the sun's going down we are the joy street kids and these are the things that we did we live under the bridge we keeps us here the joy street kids well my records won't
said we were leaving didn't oh, well. we? to hell with it <laughs> we're back in three two and one once again thank you to the community we're getting bigger and better faster stronger kind of like the six million dollar mm. man or daft punk you know like that's like back in the day back in the 76 million dollars would be like wow now it's like yeah, more more no yeah inflation is rampant yeah it's still you need rampant. to at least be like the $25 million man now. I heard somebody one time tell me, and this guy was a business guy. He's like, if you have $7 million, you can retire comfortably. Huh. So I'm shooting for seven. If I get more, that's great. But seven would be good enough for me. I'm shooting for like $700. Yeah. Well, that's what I have. Well, I don't even have that. No. I have like, I might have 70. Well, so what you're saying is that we are not in danger of retiring anytime soon. Absolutely not. Our bosses, we're, we're going to be there every Monday through Friday yep. until the coroner removes us. And maybe even still. I mean, they may just prop up my corpse and be like, all right, get to work there, corpsey. Because, of well, course, actually, my, my nickname will be corpsey when I'm dead. Yeah, corpsey. But also, if we can download our soul into a computer, that might be possible. Mm. But we don't have to worry about your body rotting and stinking. Because your soul will be out of your body and you'll be digitally tapped. And then we can use your maybe AI type Perfect. You know, learning skills. Can my soul still do this podcast? Probably. That'd be creepy and, and pretty cool. Yeah. The 300 <laughs> annual. <laughs> Only three lads inductee. And then by then we'll finally get maybe a wall of voodoo in. Yeah. Who are you inducting this year? Corpsey? <laughs> Corpsey. I'll just go by UG. <laughs> Because it'd be too long to be Uncle Greg. Right, right. Yeah, we, we won't have time for that 300 years in the future. No, no. we're going to be busy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be snappy. Hey, yep. come on. We want the info. We're going to be like, have chips in our head, and we're going to be boom, 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 boom. We're going to be cyborgs. That's what humans will be. One can hope. Yeah. One can hope. We finally inducted Glass Tiger. <laughs> Maybe. We've ran out of yeah. every other band of the era. What's the, what was their song? Is that the one? Don't uh, forget don't, me when yeah, I'm gone. Don't forget me when I'm gone. Yeah. God. And how did I know that? Like, I can't think of names, but boy, I remember that song. Mm. Don't forget me when I'm gone. My heart will break. I think it's safe to say that Glass Tiger has touched us all in unusual and inappropriate ways. Yeah, very true. I don't even know what the hell we were saying before, but this is the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We want to thank the community. I think that's what we started off with before we went on this tangent for about <laughs> that's right. before, 240 before seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just want to say thank you so much. Uh, again, we're getting bigger, faster, and stronger with you, and it's a lot of fun. And so please, when you see us, tell your friends, uh, share us on social media, just tell your smart speaker to play the Only Three Lads podcast when you're in your car sooner or later. Maybe it'll be a 3D hologram of us mm -hmm. and we're going to make ourselves look really hot and thin and it's going to be awesome. 
Undoubtedly. So the last inductee for me on the second annual Only Three Lads Hall of Fame induction ceremony is one that last year I left off, but um, I had to do it because I had to get the other ones on there. But of course, it's the end of the road for this band this year. They're doing their Vegas residency. I think their last shows are in September, and then they may play some shows in Athens, and then ah, they're done. It's the B-52s. We were at a party. Gotta get them. I was going to have you guess. I'm sure that you would have guessed that one, though, probably. That would have been on my short list. Yeah. What are the other ones that you thought may have been my last one? Well, I thought it could be Depeche Mode. We got them last year, right? We did? Wait, wait, wait. Hang Uh, on. Oh, yes, we did. Never mind. Then it would not be Depeche Mode. Okay. Then the B-52s probably would have been my leader for you. Yeah. Well, you would have been right. Or the other one I was thinking is going to be my last induction. So I thought we might have a crossover. All right. Well, now it's up to you. We have nine. New members this year. Okay. Well, how about a 10? We have a 10th. Here we go. So we do have enough overlap with Cleveland on our list to prove that we don't think they always get it wrong. And in 2019, they corrected a long running error in judgment when they inducted the cure. And I also don't see how we could have our shrine without the cure in it. Amen, brother. Yes. So coming up in the late 70s UK post punk scene, the cure or the easy cure as they originally known. Played a spiky brand of pop music highlighted by Robert Smith's crying voice and minor key melodies. At the start of the 80s, the bland, the bland, the bland plunged. The band plunged into the depths of the sea of darkness with an increasing reliance on bleak soundscapes, languid guitar lines, and dark lyrics. They often slowed and stretched their songs to heighten the emotional impact and envelop the listener into their dreamlike and or nightmarish world. Now, these aspects of their music, as well as their gothic image, would definitely appeal to the misfits, the dark romantics, and those who fell out of step with the rest of the world from the 80s and right on through to today. I mean, I just saw The Cure last week. But it's also important to note that The Cure were and still are pop stars. Robert Smith is able to convey the heady rush of love like few other songwriters, and they can crank out brilliant singles that cross over from the graveyards and churches to the bedrooms and schoolyards. For every from the edge of the deep green sea, there's a love song. For every the funeral party, there's a Friday I'm in love or a just like heaven or in between days or let's go to bed or close to me. You get it. This is some of the most important music of the O3L era and it touches upon just about every facet of human emotion imaginable. At times dark and brooding, at times giddy, vulnerable, there's sadness, there's depression. It's immeasurably influential But I reckon that you all know that. I don't have to tell you. So let's leave it at that and welcome as our 10th inductee in our second annual O3L Hall of Fame ceremony, The Cure. Yes, it was. I'm so glad that you picked them because I was. I made a big, long list and they were definitely on it. And leaving The Cure off, I did feel like, boy, this is a travesty. So who was the one band that you is not 
in our Hall of Fame that it breaks your heart? I would say that uh, as of right now, probably the one would be the Sex Pistols. There you go. That's one. For you, I was thinking XTC. XTC would be a good one. They're, they're probably a few years down the line, but yeah, I think it's uh, nearly criminal that they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we'll write that. Mm -hmm. We'll write that wrong. At some point. At some point. So I had a big long list, but I picked what I pick and I'm sticking to it. Yep. I mean, we got to save something for Corpsey and UG to pick. That's right. 298 years from now. I mean, who knows? At that point, I may even pick Alice in Chains. That might be the only one left. Because it's going to just be AI bands. That's all that's going to be left. Yeah. And I really enjoyed Alice in Chains' 2826 AI hit called <laughs> <laughs> This is when people sounded like they were crapping when they sang back in the olden days. <laughs> it is going to be interesting because as our brains evolve like 2000 years from now, what are humans going to be like? Mm -hmm. We're not going to be like we are now is that we're going to have like one eye. Maybe our thumbs will get longer because everyone's texting. And then maybe by then, again, it, you might not even have to use your hands. So maybe it look like Trisonosaurus Rex, you know, like. Because we don't have to really use our arms anymore to lift anything. We're going to just do it with our mind. Right. It's going to be interesting. It, it'll be interesting. What I can tell you, and we may have talked about this in a past episode, or maybe we just talked about it off air, but the AI is getting very scary. Well, that's what we know. Think of what they're doing with it that we don't know. That's yeah. what's scary. Yeah. Because what we do know, yeah, like even like uh, Grimes is one artist who said, okay, you can uh, make music as long as it's a 50-50 split on the money. And I don't like that at all, but don't worry. See, Gen Z is being raised by Gen X. So these millennials who all want, you know, they wear flip-flops and they write in all caps and they're so angry. I think that Gen Z, I think they're going to be more rebellious and they're going to want to tell the man to suck it. And that's where rock and roll's coming back. I hope so. That's my dream. A boy can dream. A boy can dream. But I think yeah. you're onto something there. And I think we're seeing some encouraging signs of, of young people making you know, real rock and roll music now. Yeah, just say what, just do what you feel. And if people don't like it, that's okay. Because there are going to be people who do like it. Or there's even times like, like I love The Clash. Am I 100% in on their politics? No. But what was I 100% in their politics with my mother and father? No. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them or something wrong with me. It just means that we may look at the world differently, but there's times when we can just dance. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. Just dance, just have fun, just escape from life, escape from reality, escape from your norm. And just, you know, again, I always say this all the time, respect everybody, fear no one. Fear is like the biggest thing that holds everyone back. Fear, it sucks. So as long as we can get that and we can get drums and we can get, you know, hard bodies and butts, you can, you know, bounce quarters off of, rock and roll's here to stay. Hear, hear. <laughs> you're like sure <laughs> and and now i believe that leads into the all-star jam with our uh inductees right oh sure yeah so how would that happen we have to have clem burke on drums sure maybe elliot easton on guitar that'd work for me that'd be good elvis costello has to be in there somewhere yes he does mick jones he's gonna be playing guitar too mick jones should be in there and then sonic youth will just like drop a bunch of feedback in yeah no that's good and then Kate Pearson, well, she'd be singing back up and playing keys. She obviously Fred, would. Yeah. Yep. Fred Schneider, also some uh, lead vocals and some backing vocals. Let's hope. And then Robert Smith will show up and just look dour and frumpy in the corner. 
Oh, no, he's going to be playing the uh, the tritone riffs, and that'll really make it feel good. Now, if we had one song that we could get all these people together for, what would it be? Mexican radio. <laughs> Corpsey disapproves. <laughs> yes, okay, we got to think of one. What would be a good one? Um, Maybe Rock and Roll by Velvet Underground? That would work, yeah. I'll go with that. That'd be a good one. Okay. We can compromise. All right. No Mexican radio. So don't forget, everybody in the community, head over to the Facebook page. Give us your inductees. If one person gets a lot or one band gets a lot of votes, we'll stick them in too. So we'll have 11. What a hall we are building here. It is. It's getting bigger and bigger. We're going to have to build wings. Um, maybe we have to start a Patreon so that we could uh, start building uh, different uh, sections of this O3L Hall of Fame. We'll have the Duran Duran wing in your garage. Yeah. We'll obviously have to play in this a little more. <laughs> what do you say? Okay. Well, hey, it's evolving. Next year will be our, our third annual. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, once again, thank you to the community for showing up. We now have 10 new members of the Only Three Lads Hall of Fame. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's wonderful as well. Now, we don't have to hit the randomizer because this was a special show. We'll still have cover versions next week. Okay. That's going to be gobs of fun. Oh, I can just feel it. And we have a uh, pretty groovy guest next week, too, uh, at least scheduled. Knock on wood. Yes. yes. Was that wood? No, it was my head. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what you were knocking on over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mouth. Okay, so anything else we need to say before we get out of here? Thank you all for joining us for this amazing Hall of Fame journey. The HBO feed is going to be remarkable. Please remember... Don't have intercourse with cats. We're just not for that. We're just not for that. No. Yeah. We do not endorse that at all. Can you tell I need to go back to bed after this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you better go to sleep. <laughs> Usually I'm the one thinking, what's the word? Oh, yeah. After there's like a hiccup. There's like a gap in my thinking. Yeah. But yeah. It's you today. That's all right. It happens. It happens. Yes. We're all entitled. At some point. All right. So on behalf of uh, Corpsey and UG, we'll... Wave hello and say goodbye. Damn kids. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 